Hey, it's Ken, the voice of Wyndham Fallen, back again this week on the Your Neighborhood show that featured Ernie Eldridge and Anita Sebastian, who are both taking a little break as they go out campaigning. Good luck to them. I'm joined by my colleague, Mr. Mark the Carousel Man Doyle, and we are being taken good care of by our producer, Matt Rupar. Our sponsors, we thank them, Costello Waste. In 1400 WILI, your neighborhood radio station. Tonight, as we continue our series on Wyndham Public School, your school district in your neighborhood, we bring Mr. Tim McClure, the principal of Charles Barrow STEM Academy. Mr. McClure, welcome. Thank you for having me. Tim, we brought you here for a couple reasons. First, you know, nobody else wanted to come, so. Well, no one else wanted to sit next to Doyle, is the problem. But anyway, thank you for coming. Well, the first thing we want to do is, you know, for people who don't know Tim, Tim grew up in Wyndham, and I'd like to have him kind of share his story, how he he stayed here, attended school here, and worked his way through the system and, and became a very successful principal at our STEM Academy. And explain STEM Academy while we're at it, because we don't use the alphabet in that educational jargon. Yeah, there's a lot of questions right there. Oh, yeah. It's just load them up there, kid. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's true. I went to uh, the Wyndham School System, a uh, proud alum of Wyndham Center School and Kramer from back in the day. Wow, Kramer. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That was when it was a middle school or the high school? That was when it was a middle school. Okay. Not quite that old yet. Not quite that old yet. <laughs> no. Um, right, high school, graduated class in 95. So, went to UConn after that, and, you know, I got a couple of degrees in genetics and, and realized that... Yeah, working in a lab or a little cubicle like that just really wasn't for me. So I actually came back and I subbed at Wyndham High School for a little bit. And one of my former teachers um, recognized me and, you know, came up to me one day. and was like, hey, you were pretty good at math, weren't you? I was like, that wasn't bad. He's like, you want to sub for the rest of the year? I was like, sure. And, you know, that's kind of how I got started. And I just realized that working with the kids and, like, just what you get out of it from a daily basis was – the path I wanted to take, and that's sort of what catapulted me into education. Yeah, ed- education isn't a job. It, it's really a calling. And I think most teachers and administrators, they, they figure that out once they get going, and those who can't make it, they, they find their way, which is fine, because you want to have that person with that drive that wants to pass the baton of knowledge off. So, Tim, how long did you work at the high school teaching math? I worked at the high school for, I believe, 12 years in the math department. Wow. Yeah, and so you've seen a lot of changes over the years with the student population. Yeah, it's different. Um, the biggest change, like for me, is when uh, Columbia kind of pulled out of sending their yeah. their students to Wyndham. Um, I just thought that the mix that you had from all the the Wyndham students with the Columbia students, it was just great. And I know, and speaking to some parents that um, from when I coached some sports up at the high school and the experience that their kids had. Some of them were disappointed that, you know, that it had to happen. You know, right. I, I believed in that that mix of diversity, bringing in Columbia mm-hmm. kids, and it, no matter how you look at it, that brought some level of diversity into the school district, um, and made some fantastic friendships. Oh, absolutely. That never would have been made unless they played ball on the field together. I, I, I agree with that. So, what year did you become the principal? Were you the first principal and the only principal at the Sterile uh, Barrels Academy? No, I'm actually. We'll call it like the third and a half. We'll kind of put it that way. Um, the first principal technically was Jeff Whitty. Okay. 
So he was there, but I think he was only there for about a half year after it opened. Um, after that, he moved on, and then Angela Kiss took over in like a part-time role. She was a dual, right. yep. being at Sweeney and overseeing Barrows. She because, did that. Because in the beginning, you didn't have the full K through 8. Correct. Right. This is while it was still repopulating or populating itself. She did that for a year and a half, and then Alan Cox was there for, I believe, three years before me. So this is my sixth year now. You've been at that helm for six years. Yeah, I can say I'm the longest tenured principal there for sure. Wow, that's fantastic. That's I mean, again, the whole being, point of being a local resident of, of Wyndham and, and continuing to give in public service as far as I'm concerned as an educator in this community. So how, so can you walk us through some of the numbers? Where, where, are the, the, where are the sending districts and what's the mix at your school now? So we get about 554 students there currently and it's approximately a two-thirds Wyndham versus one-third out-of-district mix. Um, I mean, the percentages might be like a percent or two off here or there because sometimes you get students that happen to start. They might live in district, but during their time there, they may move out of district. Well, you know, they still get to stay at Barrows for that. But, but those some, percentages are also state-mandated. It's, it's not like we can do anything about that. We couldn't put in yeah, 100% Wyndham or 50% out of, out of state. There's a state Correct. It's, it's part of the, the magnet school charter that they have. Um, a lot of the local um, area towns where we get the majority of the out-of-district from, Plainfield and the Plainfield Villages, that's where the majority of out-of-district, if you had to lump them um, the most, come from. But Lebanon, Columbia, uh, Hampton, like Scotland, a lot of the local it's ones, you, you get some so from there. It's, it's not part of the regular Wyndham school system will say because it's like if you go to Wyndham doesn't mean you can go to uh, boroughs like like if you go to Wyndham you're going to go to Wyndham Center or, or one of the great schools and then on upwards uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, lottery process how, how parents can get their kids involved and what's, what's that what's that take to do sure so lottery the process starts for the following school year so we're currently in the 23-24 school year the lottery for the 24-25 school year the process starts in January. In early January, it opens up. It's an online form that you fill out. We go from early January to the end of February. So, so where, let's, let's break. Where is that form? Where, if, if I'm a parent and I want to get my child there, where do I go to find that form no. to, to fill it out? Details, good point. Yeah, it's, um, it's all in the details. You typically can find it in two places. You can go through the Wyndham Public Schools website, or if you go to the Barrows website, you'll find it on either okay. of those two. If you go to the Wyndham Public Schools, it'll just link you to the one at Barrows. So you have the application period, which is open early January to end of February. There's a little dead area after that for um, a good chunk of March. And that's just where they're cross-checking and referencing everything, making sure that all the information is accurate on the applications. And then at the end of March, they do the lottery for the next year. And through the lottery, any open seat, that is available then gets filled which is all incoming kindergarten and then they'll create waiting lists for all of the other grades including kindergarten after those initial spots are filled so that if somebody were to move during the year or you know we always get students that will move over the summer here and there you get some spots that open up and they just go down the waiting list i know for instance we have another student starting this thursday because we had somebody uh moved out at the beginning of the year that spot opened up so they just keep going down the list and it goes from there and you have to get on 
the waiting list or get into the lottery in that January, February time frame to get in for the next school year or have the opportunity, I should say. So, to so get I, if my child is not kindergarten, I don't, I don't miss the opportunity. I, there's a possibility if there's an opening in the upper grades that my fourth grader or my, my third grader can actually possibly get into the, the borough school if I wanted them to. Absolutely. It's not a, I don't think some parents might think they can get in that kindergarten or, or don't get it at all, but it, it isn't that case. Yeah. Okay. K- kindergarten, if you go by a simply mathematical percentage-wise, yes, you have the greatest right. chance of getting in because there's 60-plus spots that are open. But after that, no, there's kids that come in um, in all grades as they open up. As I said, we had, we had a fourth grader start last week. Um, there's another fourth grade spot that was just accepted. Um, we haven't had our expectations meeting for that one yet, but I would imagine next week they're probably starting. Uh, an eighth grader, an eighth grade spot was just accepted today. So, yeah, all the different grades. And the one thing people have to understand as well, if you're on the waiting list one year, you still have to reapply the next year. Um, so if you happen to be... Like, hey, I'm number two on the waiting list. That's great. But, yeah, you're not necessarily going to be number two the following year. Everybody reapplies, and it's just a, another random draw each year. Tim, so, so go back and explain what STEM is to the parents who don't know, number one, and then follow up with what the curriculum, curriculum, the curriculum is for those guys. What's different from the kindergarten curriculum that you would have at Wyndham Center versus the STEM Academy and then to the middle school levels? What makes it a STEM Academy as far as what you're trying to teach them or integrate them in all subjects, as you'll explain? Right. So STEM is the acronym. stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. Just kind of key components that we try to infuse in our curriculum in, in all grade levels. So the uniqueness that we have is when it first opened, so prior to myself actually being there, the teachers that were going to be part of that um, initial opening of the school spent a lot of time of really going through and writing a new curriculum. And one thing, it, it's changed as the time has gone on. And what we try to do at the end of every year is sort of review and or revise. So, for example, things that have occurred over the last few years. Uh, the American Reading Company, ARC, has come in and we use that as like our base reading program for our ELA classes, K-8. Uh, last year, Eureka Squared was adopted as the primary uh, math resource. All right. Also last year in grades 6 through 8, Opet Syed was the primary resource that was adopted. Let me interrupt you there. So those new curriculums that you've adopted at that school, are they approved or did they go through the approval process of the Board of Ed? These were actually approved by the Board of Ed they for are. all Wyndham Public Schools, oh, so which so we, we so fall under using, the auspices right, of so that. So those curriculums are also now at the other elementary schools is what I'm getting at. Correct. Okay. So the difference that maybe we have is that initially changed how our original curriculums were. So at the end of each school year, we've had the time to be able to go in and sort of revise and, and review. So we take elements of all of those. We still do it. We might tweak it and do it in a little bit of a different order, mm-hmm. but we try to integrate things as often as we can. And sometimes you might get what they call synchronous integration. So in other words, what you're talking about in science is going to you know, correlate directly to what you're doing in math class at that point in time and or ELA. Sometimes they're asynchronous. All right. So in other words, if you're going over something um, – for instance, in math, you're dealing with, or sorry, in science, if you're dealing with something with space and you're dealing with those very large numbers, you might not um, 
be going over those at the same time in math. So in other words, asynchronous, you may have already gone over the mathematical part earlier in the year. So that way, when you get to it in the science class, you have to just hey, give them a quick refresher. Mm -hmm. Hey, remember, when you did this in math, here's how it's going to apply now. So we have both types of integrations going on. And we really work to make sure the integration happens in all the content areas and even try as best we can to infuse it into our specials classes. And so so that's what I always suspected as to how it worked out because I, I got off the board just as that was opening. Mm -hmm. I was involved in the building piece of it, but that, that's how that worked. And, I, and so as, as you're getting the kids into the 6th, 7th, 8th grade before they, they leave, and I got a question after that, so does, it, does the, the curriculum tighten up and get even more specific to STEM as far as integrating or, or is it just continue on like you would be at the at the middle school? I mean, I would suspect you not the modules just being harder for, for the kids to to you know to think more. Yeah, it it actually is pretty consistent. Consistent, right? Yeah. Right from kindergarten when they're in there, we try to infuse some of those things right with them so that they can carry it through. Now, what you might do or how you might apply it, that yes could become a little more intricate, mm -hmm. but. The idea behind it starts right from kindergarten, and you keep that consistency through. So being a math teacher made you that perfect fit for up there, huh? It helps, I bet. It, it, does, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't and hurt. Like said, you, a little background in science, too. Yeah, so. you math and science, and you, you, know, you, you throw someone in there in the English, when they're taking English classes, it's all using the mathematical terms. You're trying to teach them and integrating everything into that, into that uh, one pie. That's great. So here's my other question, and I'll let Mark take over again. The... So what graduation, eighth grade kids, how, what's the percentage that are going on to another STEM academy that might be out of the area that are Wyndham kids? And then how many just go right up to the high school? It's a mixed bag. Um, so we definitely get some that go to some of the other STEM schools that are high school. I know that we've had some kids apply to the new one down in New London I can't remember the name of it, but we have some kids that go to the, the Creck Bay schools out in Hartford. Okay. Those percentages aren't necessarily very large. Um, after that, don't forget, like at least a third of our population, they go back to either their home school in whatever town it happens to be um, their hometown, or they might go to some of the technical high schools out there. Like we get a good amount of kids that go to Ellis Tech. Right. Because if they come from the Plainfield or Canterbury area, that's where they would go. Um, we get a good number that go to Wyndham Tech as well, and a little bit to the high school. So it, it kind of divides up a little bit depending on what their interest is. And part of my thinking and theory is our job as, you know, the Barrel STEM Academy is to put them in position to be successful no matter where they go. You know, but I know, um, a side note, as I mentioned before we came on the air, like I'm going to head to the high school after this our boys and girls soccer teams are playing on the turf up there tonight. So we try to do some things to really, like, promote the high school from at Barrows sure, as well. Sure, we lose students. But, right. right, to really show, hey, here's where you can go. And, and this is one of the opportunities that came up to us for this year. It's like, hey, you could be playing up here next year if you're a Wyndham student yeah. and choose to go there. That's where my next stream of questions go is, so what are some of the fun things that the kids are doing up there? I mean, what's what after-school programs, before-school programs – what, do you have clubs? It's, you know, similar, you do have band. What do you do? You have everything up there like they would at the middle school, the older kids. We we got a good amount. We yeah. have a good amount. So yeah, we do have some sports. We don't have all of the sports that the middle school has. 
Um, the biggest key is we don't have a track up there, but if somebody wanted to put one in, I wouldn't be opposed. Um, Lock, think you can find some money in your budget? I, we'll, we'll talk oh, to you're the a tight wad. I don't want to We're going to talk to the current building committee because they seem to be spending money freely. So we'll, The building we'll committee is doing just fine on budget and under or on target. On whatever. Yeah. But we have yeah boys and girls soccer, boys and girls cross country in the fall, um, boys and girls basketball in the winter, and we have softball for the girls and, and baseball for the boys in the uh, spring. Yeah. So from a sports standpoint, we do pretty good. One um, little thing that we changed to last year, we actually piloted and it went well, so we opened it up to all sports this year, was allowing our fifth graders to participate in the middle school sports. And that's actually becoming pretty common among the other schools that we play in that's our great. league. And part of it was for viability, just because mm-hmm. we, we have a smaller population to, to draw from for our middle school sports and some of our – it was tough to be able to field a team, and we want to give the students the opportunity to do that. And another one was just to get more students involved at an earlier age. Mm-hmm. And so we piloted with uh, cross-country last year, and then that went well. So we tried basketball, and, you know, there's a couple kids that were able to make the team. So it it went well, and we opened it up to all sports uh, this year. That's right. But beyond sports, we do have, um, we do have a band. Uh, we do have a chorus. Um, we have some clubs that are out there. The clubs are really driven by the teachers, so if they have a, an interest and they want to do that, um, they spearhead those particular clubs. So it, it can vary from year to year depending on um, the teachers' availability and their interest. Uh, and then we do, uh, during the school year, one of the requirements that we have is you participate in one of our uh, big science activities. So for the younger students, it, Invention Convention is the primary um, opportunity that they have and then when you get into the middle school grades you can continue with invention convention but you also have other opportunities like United States Super STEM or participating in Science Olympiad and then in March we do a showcase our STEM Expo and that kind of it's a good thing Doyle doesn't go there he used to make <laughs> volcanoes and freaking mold projects out of food you know rotten food talk about bacteria and yeah. stuff. hey I made, vol- I made volcanoes back in a uh, yeah. fifth well, grade I remember that yeah, I yeah. Know. that was well, great well adventure conventions we don't want Doyle to participate no, in no. and or judge don't no. let him fool you they end up looking like uh, Ken's trunk when he goes uh, on his road trips wow <laughs> as a food sales <laughs> speaking of of success <laughs> Tell us a little about the carousel man's looking for it tonight. <laughs> Tell us a little about the success of the of, of the academy. I, I know from still being on the board that you know some of us stayed and continue to work like uh, a toadstool. But anyway, <laughs> that tell us about the success. I know recently we've been named a national uh, STEM school, and I, we've done some statewide. Talk about the success. Yeah, so there's a couple of things in the last few years, especially that we've been recognized for. A few years back, there was the U.S. News uh, and reports. Uh, top 10 school or best school for elementary and middle school. Um, and that was a great one because it was it just came out of the blue. I actually got the email, and I thought it was junk. I was going to delete it until I actually got one from Dr. Youngberg. It was like, hey, congratulations. And I'm like, well, what is this? And I opened it up, and I read it. I'm like, oh, legit. So, um, But that was a great one to get. Uh, we renamed uh, a Green Ribbon School recently. And that's really for just how the school is and what it does for, you know, trying sustainability and really trying to be green and doing the right things for the environment and trying to teach our kids that as part of our curriculums and things as well. 
And then the most recent one last year was the ITEEA. And don't ask me what it stands for because I can't remember off the top of my we head. talked about alphabet but, um, soup, but go ahead. Yeah. You got it, right. Um, STEM School of Excellence. So Excellent. there's some good – to me, I like it because it's great for like the faculty and staff, especially the show that hey, what you're doing is making a difference and is being like recognized, and, and we're doing something right. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, when Dr. Youngberg was on, she was our first guest four four weeks ago or so, and that's one of the first things she touted, and and rightly so. I mean, <clears throat> people look in this in this town, not all of us, but some of us, look to see what they can point to the negative about our public schools instead of looking at what they can do to help. Take an op- take a challenge and make it an opportunity to do better, to do something good with it. And it sounds like that's just what the that STEM uh, Charles Burroughs is doing up there, with your leadership, and that's great. And to keep the staff happy, to keep the families happy, and people wanting to come uh, come back from other districts is very very important. So I mean I I really appreciate the fact that you uh, are here. I appreciate that you know it's probably you, my wife, and a few others that are left, that are actually I call them the children of Wyndham. Who, uh, who went through the system, appreciate the system, know what this community is about, and know what the community can do moving forward, and then took uh, I call public service jobs uh, on the front line with these students. I think that's that says a lot. Um, I mean, next week uh, we have uh, Miss Joanne Haddad coming on, our yeah. vice principal from the uh, Wyndham Middle School, and she's going to have a bunch of data and examples of success at the middle school. And once again, if you don't know Joanne Haddon outside of the school district, it is a problem because she's homegrown. She's been here forever uh, and is, uh, is very well respected in the community. Speaking of respect, I'll take a minute once again to thank Casella for their sponsorship, WILI, for our man Matt Rupa, who just lets us down with the snacks. So he knows I'm a big snack guy, but we're not getting it. And I'll, I'll let my, my, uh, my guy over there, Mark the Carousel Man Doyle, take us home. <laughs> Just one last question for you, Tim. If you can sure. Quickly, last last year, last week we had the the community relations people on talking about parent involvement. How do we get parents involved in the SCEM school? What, what are you doing to outreach the parents? So we put out a monthly newsletter, um, at the least, and we have a new family liaison this year. And part of one of our goals is to really outreach to families even more to get them more involved. I know we have a parent advisory council that's going to be starting up. Um, probably at the end of this month, I believe, and I always solicit their feedback in terms of how can we get more families involved because the more they're involved, the more successful you're going to be. Excellent. Good stuff. Thank you, Tim, for coming in. And I hope your team does well at the the soccer match tonight at the high school. Let me know how that new field is. I haven't been the opportunity to walk on it. But, you know, I'm sure one day they'll put a big spotlight on me and a microphone, and I'll probably do another speech down there or something. <laughs> I, I want to see them put a small <laughs> spotlight do. on you, Ken. <laughs> I don't think you could fit in a small spotlight. Back when I was younger, <laughs> maybe. But I'm rough and tumble. Thank you, everybody.